Hi everyone, I'm Gary Lewis and welcome to the GEO Podcast. And in today's episode, we're going to talk about convergent plate boundaries. Now, in the theory of plate tectonics, which is the unifying theory for the geosciences, there are three different ways that plates can interact. They can move apart from each other, they can slide past each other, or they can come together. And it's this coming together that are known as convergent plate boundaries because they converge or come together. To understand what happens at a convergent plate boundary, we first need to understand what type of plates are moving together. And fundamentally, there are two types of plates that exist on our planet. The first plate is principally made up of oceanic floor material. These so-called oceanic plates are thin, made up mostly of the rock type basalt at the surface, and are very dense. The second type of plate material are continental crust plates. These contain rocks of all different types, sedimentary, igneous and metamorphic. They are normally incredibly thick, 30, 40, 50 or even 60 kilometres thick and compared to oceanic crust are not very dense. So let me just do a recap. The Earth's lithospheric plates at the surface could be made up of oceanic or continental crust and in fact one plate may be made up of some oceanic crust and some continental crust. And it's where those plate boundaries join and the type of crust that exists on the plate at that point that governs the type of convergent boundary that takes place. So if two plates are moving towards each other, converging, it will depend on the type of crustal material on the top of that lithospheric plate that will govern what will happen. And it really boils down to density. So the combinations we have are two pieces of oceanic plate moving towards each other, a piece of oceanic plate and a piece of continental plate moving towards each other, and two pieces of continental plate moving towards each other, and each give us a slightly different scenario. So let's look at those in turn. What happens if a piece of oceanic plate is moving towards a piece of continental plate? Because of the difference in density, the oceanic plate being far more dense than the continental plate, the oceanic plate gets forced underneath the continental plate. This process is known as geologists as subduction, the oceanic plate being subducted under the continental plate. In doing so, the oceanic plate bends as it gets forced down under the continental plate and eventually sticks so far down into the mantle, some six, seven hundred or more kilometres, that it melts. The bending of the oceanic plate as it goes under the continental plate causes on the surface a very deep trough or valley to form that we refer to as an ocean trench. They're under the ocean, they are the deepest part of the ocean. As the oceanic crust slides under the continental crust, they're grinding past each other, so we get a sequence of earthquakes that take place, very shallow at the surface, and then getting deeper and deeper as the plate slides under and further under the continental crust above it. This zoning of shallow earthquakes through to deep earthquakes often earthquakes as deep as hundreds of kilometres in depth, 
was first recognised by a geologist called Benioff, and we refer to that zonation of shallow through to deep as the Benioff zone. As the oceanic plate slides down under the continental plate, any material that's accumulated on the top of the oceanic plate, so ocean sediments from dying and dead critters falling down and laying on the surface of the ocean floor, they have a tendency to be scraped off and added to the continental plate. The term geologists use for this is that they accrete to the other plate. So we get an accretionary wedge of sediments building up on the continental crust. But not all of those sediments and the water associated with them end up being scraped off and added to the continental crust. Some of them stick with the oceanic crust and continue to be forced down and under the continental crust. And this material can actually act as a flux to help part of the continental crust to melt. This melting eventually forms a magma chamber and some of that magma will reach up to the surface and form active volcanoes. Because the material that's been melted is continental crust, the type of volcanoes are andesitic volcanoes, so those are the stratiform type volcanoes or composite volcanoes, some people call them, that you find in Japan, New Zealand, the Philippines and South America. And in fact, the word andesite comes from the volcanoes of the Andes mountain range in South America. So let's just recap the geologic and topographic features that we have at these subduction convergent boundaries. The first thing is offshore where the plate bends, we get a deep ocean trench. At the boundary of the ocean and continental crust, we get material sediments that were on the seafloor scraped off to form an accretionary wedge. And inland, we get andesitic volcanoes where the continental crust has melted because of the friction, the water and the sediments deep below in the subduction zone. And finally, we get a range of earthquakes from shallow near the trench getting deeper and deeper as the oceanic plate grinds under the continental plate and eventually those earthquakes fade out because the oceanic plate melts into the mantle. Phew. Okay. What happens if two continental crusts meet each other at a convergent boundary? Because their densities are basically the same, they jostle to see which plate is going to be forced under the other. And while a bit of forcing takes place, really the two pieces of plate do not want to be subducted and therefore we get a collision boundary, it's called, where the two pieces of continent really collide and form a huge mountain range because not one plate wants to be forced greatly under the other. The Himalayan mountains are the formation that we see from the collision of two massive plates, both containing continental material. The continental material from the Indian-Australian plate collided with the continental material of the Asian plate. This huge mountain range was forced upwards to form the tallest mountain range that we have on our planet. In this whole process, there's lots of faulting taking place. So we get a whole range of earthquakes, but they're not zoned like we find in a subduction zone, like a Benioff zone. 
We don't get any of that here. We get lots of earthquakes of all different depths all over the place at the plate boundary. Other examples of boundaries that have been like this include the Alps of Europe and even some of the mountain ranges in the United States like the Appalachians. But those boundaries have stopped in their process. So the mountain ranges are not continually being formed, unlike what's happening in the Himalayas, where the boundary is still active. Okay, that leads us to the very last type of convergent boundary, and that's when oceanic plate comes towards other oceanic plate. In this case, again, there's a bit of jostling about what plate is going to be forced under, but in most cases, one of the oceanic plates does get forced under the other. So if you like, it is a type of subduction boundary. So we get a deep ocean trench and we get a Benioff zonation of earthquakes, but we don't get andesite volcanoes formed because if you remember in the other type of subduction zone, that was because we get a melting of continental crust and there's no continental crust here. So to start off with, we do get melting of the oceanic crust forming basaltic type volcanoes, shield volcanoes, then eventually the accretionary wedge, that material that's being scraped off one piece of ocean, it is being added to the other oceanic plate and it can melt, forming volcanoes that have more silica in them, heading from shield volcanoes towards the more composite or stratiform volcano. These locations we see on the surface as island arcs. So we see these chains of islands with a deep ocean trench off one side and the volcanoes on the side of the plate that is not being subducted and a Benioff zone of earthquakes. So there you've got convergent boundaries in a nutshell, just like 10 minutes worth. And that's the end really for this episode. But like always, if you're looking for more information about plate tectonics and about plate boundaries or the evidence of plate tectonics or polar reversals or anything that scientists use to understand plate tectonics, you can find either a podcast or a blog post, or if you're a teacher, classroom activities about it on the Geo Etc. website. That's G-E-O-E-T-C.com. And almost every year, we run a trip to visit some form of plate boundary, whether it's Iceland for a divergent plate boundary, whether we go to the Alps to see a collision zone boundary, or whether we go to one of the island arcs around the world to have a look at a subduction zone. So if you're interested in joining us on one of the trips, please check us out on geoetc.com, where all our trips are listed every year. But for now... Keep on rocking.